God, happy Father's Day, everybody in Faith Promise Church. Great to see you. All of our campuses, we are so excited that you are here. We are wherever you are, at Campbell or Anderson or North Knoxville, or our Blount County campus, Internet campus, Fellowship campus, welcome. You picked an absolute wonderful weekend to come and worship. We are so fired up about this weekend. We launch a new series, but not only do we launch a new series, but it's Father's Day, and I love Father's Day. Come on, man. It's awesome. So in, in just absolute ecstatic faith, promise, normal response, if you're a dad at all of our campuses, would you just go ahead and stand all across? Go ahead. Come on, just give them some love, church, some honor. Woo! Amen. Amen. Wow. We have some unbelievably outstanding men and, so, and dads. We are so excited. Uh, we're, we're, this, this new series is called Rise Up. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 says this. The spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. That's, is there another one that goes that? Because that's really terrible. I think that's... So everybody's going to hell, and I'm going to thump the disobedience. No, that's not where we're going. That is my bad, not the tag teams. It is Ephesians chapter 5, I bet. It's New Testament, I'm sure. Book of Ephesians, we're there. So, Aha, it's verse, chapter 6, verse 2. Honor your father and mother. That's better than disobedience. Isn't that better? It's better. That's better. All of you guys that brought guests, as soon as that came up, said, oh, no, they picked the wrong weekend. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Honor your father and mothers, which is the first commandment, with a promise. And so we are commanded to honor fathers. We're to honor. We're to love them. We're to, we're, we're to, we're to obey them, it says in the verse before, and honor them. But the deal is it's not about them being honorable, it's about us being obedient. When tomorrow comes, I'll be on my own, feeling frightened of the things that I don't know. When tomorrow comes, tomorrow comes, tomorrow And in the dark I found I stopped that I won't fly And I sing along, I sing along Then I sing along i 
And that is so awesome. And what an apt illustration. You know, the Bible again says to honor your fathers. And the deal is, if you have an honorable dad, you are blessed beyond belief. If you had a dad that truly was for you a flashlight. You know, the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It says that Jesus is the light of the world. And God uses godly dads to lead uh, their families in so many ways. And so if you had a dad that was godly, if he is with us or if he's gone on to be with the Lord, then you are a blessed person because most of the world doesn't have that. And so this weekend, I want to challenge you with a message as we launch this series called Rise Up. This weekend, Rise Up, Men of God. Now, in this series, all of the messages are going to come out of the book of Ephesians, and it's one of my favorite books. We're not going to go verse by verse because it would take us 23 years to go all the way through the book of Ephesians. You could mine this treasure trove for the next 100 years and not get all the jewels of God's Word out of this book. It's what I love about the Bible. You can read a book 10 times or a story 100 times or read it 101 and boom, God shows you something else. If the book is alive, it is, it, it is, it's like a two-edged sword. And so we're going to come out of this. And, and what we want to do in this series, we're going to talk s- several topics. But to, we, as we rise up as men, we've got to rise up in resurrection power. Not the power the world wills, but the power that God gives. This is what I believe will happen if you'll allow the Word of God to teach you and you will rise up. I believe we saints can defy gravity and soar to heights the world thinks is impossible. Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And so we're going to soar to new heights. So we need to rise up as men, rise up as men of God, rise up in the power of God, rise up in the word of God, rise up in the heart of God, and and we are we and walk as men of God. Now, but what a lot of people think is, no way, oh, hang on a second, pastor, wait just a minute. You're the man of God. You're the man of God, not me wrong. If you're male and you're saved, then you're to be a man of God. Amen? I mean, you're to be a man of God. The book of Ephesians was written to people, not pastors. And so everything in this book is for you. So why do we entitle this series, Rise Up? Well, it, it makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, and, and actually, I'm gonna, uh, you guys are trying to keep up with me, and I'm, so it's going to be Ephesians 2. We'll have this ready for the next service, I promise. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. It's all my fault. Tech people are wonderful. It's my fault this weekend. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 6. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's how God found us, dead in trespasses and sins. Not sick. Dead and trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked. That's how we used to walk, according to the course of this world. According to the prince and power of the air. Who's the prince and power of the air? The devil is. Of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. This world is an anti-God spirit. It's an anti-Christian culture. We are going against the flow. We are counter-cultural people. Who among we two... All, all of us, we too formerly lived. That's how we all used to live. That's what we did. Lived in the lust of our flesh, doing whatever we wanted to, whenever we wanted to, indulging the desires of the flesh 
and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath. That's what we were before we were saved. Even as the rest, but God. I love that. It's two of my favorite words in the Bible, but God. Anytime you see people in trouble, you'll find a but God. But God, being rich in mercy, aren't you glad God's merciful and kind and gracious? Amen. Or we'd all be in trouble. Because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, you know, uh, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated love to us, and while we were sinners, Christ died for us, made us alive. When, when, when we were dead, he made us alive. We, he gave us resurrection power together with Christ by grace. You have been saved and raised us up with him. This is where the theme comes from for the series. We are to rise up because we've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you realize who you are and who you are, whose you are and what you have, you can rise up in resurrection power. You can rise up in newness. You can rise up in the power of God because you are, in fact, in faith, by the Spirit, seated with Christ in the heavenly, blessed with all spiritual blessings. But, Pastor, you know, I need this, I need that. You already have at your access all that you need if you will, in fact, Go after it. If you will, in fact, appropriate it. If by faith you will believe it and receive it. Again, the book of Ephesians was not written to pastors. It was written to people. Now, what we got to be careful, especially men. Men, if you're listening, say, I am. Amen. Beware of the wooing of the world. Because we just read that, that the devil is the prince and power of the air, working in the sons of disobedience. He is the little G-O-D of this world, and this world is set up to pull us away from God. And so we get involved with day-to-day routines, and before we realized it, the world and its system, come on guys, has pulled us away from God and trying to do the things that we are supposed to do. I put it this way, that the culture is a tractor beam with growing gravitational pull away from God. Every day you are, there is a draw to pull you away from God. It's to get in, it's to get, you know, to get you busy at work. It's to get you busy at athletics. It's to get you busy with 45 million things and hobbies and, and many good things, but riding for your family, all these things that we do, but its job at the end of the day is to pull you away from God. Does that make sense? It is, this world is set up in juxtaposition against God to draw you away from God. And so, you know, well, well wait a minute, Pastor. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, let, let me do my job and let me give and let me come to church and, and, and I'll do that. But, but you be the man of God. It's, that's your job, no? No, you know, but I'm just focused on my family and making a living and doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do and all that. We pay you to be the man of God. And what if we're not careful, we end up doing is refusing to rise up in resurrection power and anointing and authority and all that God has given us because we think it's my job and not our jobs. Because the world has so sucked us in, we refuse to unplug from the world so we can plug in to God. And God is our only source of power. Somebody, somebody with me? And, and see, you only have one plug in. 
And so you're either plugged into the world or you're plugged into God. That's why God gave us a Sabbath. So every seven days we would pull the plug of the world and its system and we would plug it into God and we'd receive the shalom of God, the peace of God, the word of God, that we would walk in the power of God. Does this make sense? This is the will of God. This is what God wants us to do. So in this series, that's what we're going to just going to talk about doing, rising up in a lot of different areas in our lives. So don't miss a message. If you, you miss a message, you'll miss it. If you hadn't gone on vacation yet, listen, go on vacation. Just take us with you. Get on the Internet campus. And the Internet campus is, a, is an unbelievable tool to stay plugged in what's going on in your spiritual family. Well, let's look at Ephesians 6, verse, starting in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what? This is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So me, before we key in on, on dads, as we take this passage that's about, you know, dads and or parents, but we're focused on dad and kids. The, the kid's job, you know, is honor and obey. Honor and obey. If they're under your roof, they ought to honor and obey. Amen? Yeah, all the dads say, hey, amen, get on, preacher. They're, you know, I figure if I'm paying, they're doing they move out. They can do what they want to do. Living under my roof, that's just they're going to, they're going to do the deal. But but what, this is this is what we so the, the enemy is so subtle, and that so many saints opt out of obedience. And so this scripture says honor and obey. But my dad, some people say, is not honorable. I don't have to obey him because he's not honorable. I don't have to do that because because he's lost or he's this or he's that. You know, I don't see any of that in that passage. All I see. For kids and for students, is to honor and obey your father and your mother. That's all. Yeah, but my dad's not honorable. It's not about your dad. This actually is not about, this actually is about you. Usually we're saying it's not about you. This is actually about you. Honor and obey. It's not about them. It's about you. Your mom, if your dad is lost, you want to win him, honor and obey him. Now, if he asks you to do something illegal or moral, I'm not talking about that. But, I mean, you want to you you see your dad come to Christ? Hey, step up and honor and obey. The word obey means to, to listen to. It means to follow. The, there's a word picture, the word obey in the Greek New Testament that says to listen for the knock at the door to see who it is. So the, the kid's job is to listen for the knock at the door of dad and do what dad says. So your job is to pay attention to your dad. Now, most students here have selective hearing. Hey, do you need $10? Hey, yeah, dad, thanks so much. Would you cut the grass? Crickets. Did you, did you clean your room? Nothing. Son, why, why didn't you answer me? Oh, I didn't hear you. You're on a $10. Yes, Dad, right, yes. <laughs> Selective hearing. Our job, is, our job as kids uh, is, to, is, to, uh, is to honor. Does this make sense? See, too many of us receive and rebel instead of, instead of hearing and heeding. We're to receive what Mom and Dad says, or Dad's especially, and we're to do what Dad says. But I don't want to do it. Again, this, it's, it's, you'll grow up, and then you'll get to give the orders. You'll get to pay the electric bill. You'll get to do that stuff. And so, but until then, see, the definition of the word uh, obey is to pay attention. And for all of us, it's the same with our Heavenly Father. It's Father's Day, but one of the things I always, man, I'm in my quiet time this morning, man, it's Happy Father's Day. Thank you, God. I love you, God. Man, this is your day. And so all of us who are Christ followers, it's our job to obey, right? 
which means we got to tune in and listen and dial in to what God has. Listen for the knock. And so, then, so that's kids. Now let's, let's, go to, let's go to the dads. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Man of God, this is your part. So far, the first three verses are about our kids, but this verse is about the dad and what he is supposed to do. Put that back up if you would. This is what blew my mind. So a lot of times I'll take a passage of Scripture I did with this verse right here, and I, I go and I, I have a computer program that Matt Grimes showed me, Blue Letter Bible. It makes it so easy. And I just click on each one of these words, and I pull up the, it gives the Strong's number, and then it can give the, the Greek definition. And what surprised me is, is that provoke and anger are the exact same word in the sentence. They're the exact same word. So the literal translation of this would be, fathers do not anger your children to anger. Because let me tell you something, dads. Your anger brings out your kids' anger. Now, when they're three, four, five, they're not angry because they're afraid of you. When they get older, that rage will come out. That anger will come out. Does this make sense? I mean, it, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll just roll. Let's, let's, so let's be, just, just get sort of just honest for a few minutes. And let's just think. I mean, I've got a question for you guys. This question haunts me. How many men does your anger sit just below the surface? I'm not talking deep. I'm talking about a quarter of an inch deep. So at any second, your anger can erupt. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Any, any, as, well, any guy, come on. Is, am I the only guy in the room that anger sits about that deep? Come on. Because I'm about to change this message to liars burn in hell in just a minute. Because <laughs> I know your kids. And so, so, where does the, so let's think for a minute. Since we are not to anger our kids to anger, where does our anger come from? Two places I want to give you that I think, and, and let's, let's, when we give it to you, and then quickly we're going to talk about how to overcome. Number one, our anger comes from our dads. Our anger comes from watching our dads be angry. And people do what people see, right? And, and really, what you, speak, what, you speak, what you do speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. So the dad may say one thing, but if he's screaming and yelling and raging and screaming, that kid is going to grow up and scream and yell and rage. Does that make sense? Because we do what we see, and so that's how that kid is going to operate. And so I grew up, I had two stepdads, both of them were rage-aholics. Everybody in my house cowered in fear because nobody knew what was going to set those guys off. In just a second, they could go from mild manner sitting on the couch to red-faced veins popping out. Everybody terrified as the rage erupted in the room. And so that's what I learned as a kid. And I marry a, you know, I marry a sweet little Baptist girl. Daddy's a Southern Baptist deacon. Daddy's on the FBI guy, mild-mannered. She has never in her life ever heard her mother and father argue or raise their voice to each other. Something's not right <laughs> about that. It's going to tell you right now. And so I come from the whole other world. So, man, I'm, I'm always ready to, or I used to be always ready to scream and yell and jump up. Does this make sense? And so, what, what we, so part of our anger is learned. And then the second one is so easy, it's, it's, it's learned, but secondly, it's in our DNA, it's in our flesh. DNA, dangerous inside anger. Dangerous inside anger. Now, you say, you know, I don't rage. Not all anger is rage. A lot of you guys are passive aggressive. 
You don't say anything, but you get, you, you get it. Oh, not me. Well, ask your wife or your friends or your coworkers. They'll tell you. So, I mean, do you get even? There are a lot of ways for anger to, to erupt out of our life other than being a volcano like I have been for, for way too long. And so, but, so what is the, what's the deal? Why does, why does anger come out? It's about control. And there's a lot of ways. I remember years ago when I was, I was 16, I worked in Pizza Hut, and this lady walked up, and, and she, I made a pizza, and she is screaming at me across the counter, screaming at me. And, man, I just power up. I'm angry, and the manager walks over and puts his hand on me and pushes me back. He said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. He's new. He doesn't know better than to talk to you like that. Well, I'm, I'm ready to knock him out. I mean, this lady is disrespecting me. He said, ma'am, what would you like? I'll fix that pizza for you. And he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and drugged me to the back. He said, don't ever, ever do that again. This is what you do. And he put that pizza dough in and he grabbed a jar, he grabbed a, a thing of mineral oil off the shelf. And he squeezed that pizza pan full of mineral oil. Spread the tomato sauce, spread the cheese, did it. Cooked it, walked over, said again, ma'am, this pizza's on me. I'm so sorry he treated you that way. And smiled as she drove off. <laughs> now, now, nobody knew he was angry. There are other ways. Are you with me? There, there are other ways. Now, the Bible says be angry and sin not. And, and <laughs> if you work or own a pizza, I'm sorry. That was decades ago. I was lost. I'm saved now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you got a pizza in Chattanooga several years ago and spent the rest of the evening on the toilet, that could have been, <laughs> it should have been nicer. But here we go. So, now, now, now that my kids are adults, my kids are adults, and I have adult conversations and we talk about the past, they'll say, Dad, we were terrified of you. Terrified. Well, that's, that's not my finest moment. And I said, well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, why would you be terrified of me? I, I mean, what? You'd get mad. You'd scream. You'd yell. We never knew what you were going to do. We, we were terrified. And so I, it, it impacts your kids when you do that. Does this make sense? So why do we get angry? I, there's two reasons I think we get angry. Number one comes from Pastor Josh. And, and what he said was, no, it's not what he does, but this is what he says. <laughs> I think he learned it from experience. But. Anger comes from selfishness. When I don't get my way, I'm angry. And number two, anger comes when we realize that we're not in control. When it doesn't work, when the car won't crank, and you scream and yell and you beat the steering wheel, is it going to help? Why do you do that? You do that because you realize you're out of not that you're out of control, but you don't have control over the situation. And so when, when those moments that, that the curtain opens up and for just a second we realize I'm not in control, we are angry, guys. Are y'all with me? We, we're just angry. Now, now, the deal is the second half of that verse, verse 4, it says don't anger your kids to anger, but bring them up in the what? And in the? Of the Lord. You're a flashlight. Now, let me tell you something. If anger is getting you, You've cut your flashlight way down. You've turned a 100-watt light into a 2-watt bulb. Does this make sense? 
See, the anger will keep us from being able to bring our kids up in the fear and discipline, fear and instruction of the Lord. Rules of that relationship leads to rebellion. It's just the deal. There's a New Testament because the Old Testament law didn't work. Because rules without a relationship leads to rebellion. The fear of punishment is not enough to keep us from breaking the law, is it? The fear of punishment is not enough to keep your kids from going out and getting drunk on a Friday night or get in the back seat with some idiot or do something really, really stupid at a high school party. It's the, the, the thought that they might get in trouble is not enough to keep them from doing it. The thought that they would break your heart just might be. Because rules without a relationship leads to rebellion. See, when we have love, it creates a desire for obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So what we need, guys, are y'all with me, men? What we need is to rise up as men of God. We need to rise up with our new DNA. The Bible says if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. You have the power of God. You're seed with Christ. You have the resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. You have the ability. Ephesians 5.18 says, do not be drunk with wine for that is dissipation, but be filled over and over, continually filled. We're going to deal with this verse in a few weeks. going to rock our whole church with the Holy Spirit, we've got we've to get rid of anger and be filled with the Spirit. We need to be saturated, dominated, perpetrated, consumed with the Spirit of God. Are y'all with me? Which requires us being yielded, submitted, and surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to His power, to His walk, to His leadership. See, too many people today want Bible, in, Bible information, and we need Bible application. We need to not just learn, we need to live. Come on, man. Because application is more important. Again, Bible learning ought to, ought to relate to Bible living. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your uh, reasonable service of worship. That's uh, Galatians 2, 20. Go back. Go back. Yeah, Romans 12, 2. Uh, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that the will of God is that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. See, memorizing scripture will help you. <laughs> Come on, it'll help you. Your word have I hid in my heart, O God, that I might not sin against you. And Romans 12, 2 says, we are to renew our minds every day by the word of God and the power of God and the spirit of God, that spirit that dwells in you. And so instead of just jumping up and running through the day, I'm busy, man, I got meetings, I got run, 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 that wooing of the world, we've got to get up, we've got to stop before we hit the ground and plug into God and say, God, I need your power for today. I need to be a man of God today. I need to lead my wife today if you're married. I need to lead my kids today. I need to be the man. So I'm going to plug in and get a supernatural dose of the Holy Ghost before I hit the ground. And then when you go down and your kids roll out, you can, you can spread the love of Jesus on them before they go to school instead of spewing venom. Can I just give you, this is not even Bible, let me just give you a thought. Go to bed a little earlier and get up a little earlier so your house is not a warfare zone in the mornings. Are you with me? Because no, almost nobody wants to get up at your house in the mornings, right? Somebody sleeps at the last minute, right? And then they're late and everybody's in a hurry, right? And then something doesn't work because we have to be marching, right? So we're all mad at each other, right? That's how we start our day, screaming, yelling at each other. Is that how spirit-filled family ought to operate? Somebody talk to me. I'm just trying to help you. Come on, rise up, people of God. Rise up, man of God. 
I mean, just still, we need to, and we need to allow the Spirit of God to slay the anger sharks that roll in us. Fathers, do not anger your kids to anger. When I started uh, playing golf with my son Micah, first round he played, he shot like an 80. It was unbelievable. I mean, it's, I, I, I've never shot an 80 round. He thought he was Tiger Woods. It was beginner's luck. He, I mean, he didn't shoot another round like that. And so, man, we go back out. He can't hit the ball. He's throwing clubs. He's screaming and yelling. You ever played golf with a person like that? I call it the whirly bird. I've seen golf clubs stay up in trees, which I always thought was funny, until I realized I bought that, and if anybody places it'll be me, he doesn't work. So now I'm mad because you broke my golf club. It's in my bag. I, you don't own anything, boy. It's all mine. Do oh, you understand? You live here. When you leave, you're going to leave with nothing but a pair of tidy whities You're not getting jack. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so, man, I got right to want to play with him. But I, I, in the last few years, he's, he's begun to mature and begin to let the Spirit of God. We go play golf. It's a bad shot. He doesn't say anything. I'm waiting for whirly bird. He doesn't do it. Now, almost full disclosure, we played yesterday. And I was just walking around that, just thinking, Micah, man, you have done so good. He hit a bad shot and threw the club into the top of the tree. And I thought, it's not coming down. And he paid for that club. I mean, stay up there, club. Stay up there. Stay up there. <laughs> We've got to allow the Spirit of God to slay the anger sharks. Are y'all with me? And the anger sharks, for th those of us that were honest, man, those anger sharks are always lurking. And, and, and realize this. When you are angry and out of control, the Spirit's not in control. That's when you say stupid things. That's when you do stupid things. That's when you get yourself in trouble. That's when you let your million-dollar mouth overload your 10-cent rear end. That's deep theology. Y'all think about that. That's going to help you sometime. That's what we do. So what, 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 do we need to, what do we need to do? We need to, A, number one, realize that we have anger issues. Amen? We just have to realize, number two, we've got to accept that we're not in control. What do you have control of? Jesus said, can you add a day to your life? Can you add an inch to your height? Can you change the weather? Can you make the light turn green? Can you make your kids mine? Really, what do you have control over? Nothing. Nothing. What you wear. And you have to pick from what's in the closet. <laughs> or like me, let Michelle pick it out. You got to do something. Every time somebody say, you look good, I say, that's Michelle. That's Michelle. You couldn't believe what, every time I try to leave when I get dressed, she calls Zach, Zach, talk to your dad, you can't believe what he's wearing. I hate that stuff. <laughs> and so, so we recognize we have anger issues. Let, number two, we accept it. We accept the fact that we're not in control. Matter of fact, we embrace that we're not in control, and we embrace the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and we let the Spirit of God rise up in us, and we rise up with Him, and we walk in power, we walk in anointing, we walk in authority, we don't walk in anger. Man, let's don't let the deeds of the flesh overtake us. Let's let the fruit of the Spirit fill us. This Galatians 2.20, which says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live in me, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Every day there needs to be a crucifixion of your desires in your flesh. There needs to be a resurrection of the power of God in your lives. Does this make sense? Let's go to Ephesians 2. One through four, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you used to walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the devil of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience among 
among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of the flesh. That's how we used to live, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We were by nature children of wrath, but even as the, but even as the rest. But God, rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved and raised us up with him in Jesus' name. Let's rise up and walk in power. Let's rise up by the Spirit of God. Let's rise up. You say, but pastor, you don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand how negative. You don't know all the problems. You don't know what's going on. Rise up. Jesus rose from the dead. Come on. That's a problem. Man, let us, let's rise up and walk in it. Are you with me? Release control of your life to him. Feel the shalom, the peace of God wash over you like waves of liquid love as you experience God. Come on. Last week. Mike had paid me probably one of the best comments he's ever paid me. We were talking, he said, hey, Dad, you know, you just don't get mad like you used to get mad. He said, you know, you just, you're, you're not the same guy. Well, praise God. Amen. And I'm not there yet. We're all on this journey together. I thought he'd never throw a club. I thought, you know, I wouldn't rage, but I, there's no, you know, there'll be something happen, and that flesh will creep up like a monster won't it. It'll, it'll creep up. So, man, let's, let's surrender. Let's surrender to him. Man, the cross looked like a defeat until Easter Sunday morning. And Jesus rose from the grave. Now, listen, if you've never been born again, you can't enter in to what we're talking about. We're about to take the table of the Lord in a few minutes and remember the death of the Son of the, living, of the living God. But if you're not born again, you shouldn't be a part of this. You, can't, you don't have the, the resurrection power if you haven't been raised up with him. That's salvation. So if you're ready at all of our campuses to bow your heart, and bow, you're ready to give your heart to Jesus right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray with you. Nobody prays alone. Pray this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I'm so sorry. Forgive me, come into my heart, and be my Lord and Savior. Resurrect me from the dead, and let me walk in the Spirit. I love you, God. Help me surrender in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give him praise in the house. Now is the... The band's come. We're going to sing. And we're going to just, in, in, in this song, don't you take a, take a minute and quiet your heart. Because in a minute, we're going to get ready for the table of the Lord. Spirit of the living God, would you fall fresh on us? Would you move in this time in Jesus' name? I found my life when I lay. 
God is so awesome that he gave his only begotten son. So in just a few seconds, we're going to get up and all around this room, there are tables that have the juice and have the cracker. Just walk and grab those crackers and then grab a thing of juice. And as you turn and walk back to your seat, thank Jesus for his body that he shed on the cross, that he was broken on the cross. And thank you for his blood that was spilled for us. Amen. Because of that gift, because of that scandalous, shocking gift, we have access to heaven. And if faith promise, we want to open the doors to heaven for everybody. Amen. So, Father, we gather around your table. We remember the death of your son. And in this moment of worship, would you meet us, every single one of us, right where we are, as we seek your face. In Jesus' name.